0: crisscross of microphones, three co-hosts in the studio at once. It's going to be a great day, it's going to be a fun show. Welcome in to Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Missoula. If you want to listen in anywhere besides the terrestrial radio, you can by going to our website, 1029 ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab and you'll find the stream If you want to give us a call, shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. You can text that number as well. We just got a text uh, in from the number, and we'll get to this a little bit later on in the show. But uh, we are... We are receiving them. So the question from the listener is, when will the Grizz announce that Jace Lewis, senior linebacker, will have the number 37 next year? It seems odd it hasn't happened yet. It actually is a good question. There's a lot more to it than maybe you think. And uh, so maybe we'll get into that a little bit in the uh, second half of the first hour here. A lot to get to today. Tucker Sargent, lacrosse coach from the University of Montana and former co-host of this show is in studio with Sean Rainey, who's pinch hitting for Riley Corcoran. So I'm glad to have both you guys here in studio. We're going to talk a little Grizz Cross off the top here. And then we're also going to talk uh, probably about that question that was just sent in, maybe a few trivia questions. I know Sean has a couple trivia questions for me. You want to remember that number two because we got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you as well. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's a Taglieri Tuesday, as well as Treasure State Stars. So we got a whole bunch of things going on today. And the second angle second hour excuse me Justin angle a business angle he's he's gonna swing by we do this every other tuesday the overlay between business and sports and then also kyle sample will join the show about five thirty to talk some nfl as well but we got to get into what was a, actually a really busy weekend for the university of montana across the board when it comes to sports track going on soccer going on the uh, soccer team claimed the big sky conference championship the grizz wrapped up their spring football season and uh then maybe the biggest win of them all, though, because technically this is weird. The soccer team didn't actually win uh, the Big Sky Tournament title. They were given the tournament championship because of a forfeiture by Northern Arizona because of uh, not being able to fulfill COVID-19 protocol. So either way, Grizz Soccer going to their fifth NCAA tournament in program history, but they didn't technically win a match over the weekend while the Grizz football team did route Portland State and uh, some good results in track as well. But uh, maybe... Maybe one of the better or best results of the weekend was by the Grizzly Cross team. A couple wins in Fargo, North Dakota, so now time for our Coach's Corner with Grizzly Cross coach Tucker Sargent. Tuck, what's up, man? First of all, good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me back. So, like you said at the beginning of the show, uh, before we got started, the uh, the bus ride back from Fargo, North Dakota, a little bit better when... uh, you got a couple wins under your belt rather than a couple losses. You guys have been on the road all season all long. All season long, been on a bus. I mean, you guys are doing like eighteen-hour bus rides twice a weekend. Uh, but th- this was a pretty big breakthrough for your team. This right?
2: was, yeah, it was the first time that we beat North Dakota State in program history. They won the national championship about two years ago, and have perennially just been, you know, in the top. Four or five of the programs in our or in our uh, division. So that was a that was a big one, and it was one that uh, you know we felt like we had a chance. We've got a very good team, but very unproven team this year with everything that's going on with COVID, Uh, limited number of games, limited number of opponents, and not a lot of uh, out of conference play or just yeah a lot of teams playing right now you know we're one of the few so hard to figure out where you stack up and uh we've we had one contest against boise state uh that we ended up losing by a point in the last 30 seconds a 14-15 loss but other than that our guys have been doing good i mean we've had pretty much you know very convincing victories uh up until going to play north dakota state so you're wondering like where are we really at? Because you know, other than Boise State, I don't feel like the team's been tested, but the 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 opponents we've played. Aren't necessarily the cream of the crop either. Not to disparage <laughs> sure, sure. The, the other programs, but it's just the reality of it. And so you want to get these good games, and this year's been particularly hard to come by. So going out, going out to North Dakota, getting two big wins—I mean, that was huge for the program—and definitely the bus ride back uh, seems quite a bit shorter than when you're going out there with all the anticipation. You've you've done the job. You got two in a row, and you know I think the most important thing was after Saturday's win, and you know we won sixteen to eight. Um, fairly convincing win, feeling good, but then, you know, your concern is can you turn around and do it again? Can you beat the same team twice in the same weekend? Atypical for a normal lacrosse schedule. You only see, a, normally, only see an opponent once a season, uh, but because of just the world that we're in right now, you got to get games and make them worthwhile when you go on these trips. So, you know, I, I think the fear for us as coaches was, you know, If you get one and then falter the second time, it just looks like a fluke, right? Like anyone can steal a game every now and then. But if you can do it twice, then you really have asserted that, you know, that was the better team uh, this season.
0: I got all crossed up. I told you to get trivia ready. Because you come here on Wednesdays, and I thought it was a Wednesday, and I just said that, then realizing that it's Tuesday, because it's Taglieri Tuesday, so I misspoke. (laughs) Remember the number, because we're giving you free food. That's all the listeners Mm. need to know, but it's, in fact, not Wednesday. When I said that, I was like, oh my gosh, rainy usually comes on Wednesdays. It's not a Wednesday, but we do have Taglieri sandwiches for you here in a little bit as well. Anyways, what's up, Rain Man? How you living? good. Good good golf story, by the way. I know you teased it yesterday, but I got you have to fully watch it, and we have a little bit of sound from that we'll share tomorrow uh, during the show, but you did a great feature story that ran during the halftime of the Grizz broadcast. And, uh, I mean, I guess tease it a little bit more because this is a, this is a wild story for the University of Montana women's golf team.
1: Yeah, the, the Grizz golf team right now, they're in Oregon playing, well, probably just got done with the second round of the Big CI Conference tournament. Um, they're in eighth place, but it's really not about where they're at. It's more about just the fact that they're out there and they're competing because it's only 10 girls on the team. Thirty percent of them have either had cancer or are battling a tumor or something like that. It, it has been, and it's kind of been one after the other after the other. Right when they think that they're getting back healthy, another one, and then another one, and so kind of did a story on the three girls that are, you know, battling through some things that you know, as a college student athlete, like you just never expect to have to go through at that age. And so it's, and it's always kind of scary whenever you hear the word cancer or tumor and things like that. And so, um, they, they've battled through a lot. You got to give Chris Nord, the head coach, just a ton of credit because, you know, you sign up to be, you know, a golf coach and you think you're, you know, going out and that sounds pretty nice, right? You're out on the course and just, you know, golfing and teaching that. But he, I mean, he's obviously been so much more than a golf coach over these last few years. And so, um, it was awesome talking to all of them I'm, I'm you know thankful that they you know were able to uh, share their story with us and um, yeah, really cool stories go check it out montanarightnow.com, um, if you didn't get a chance to uh, to see it and then we'll uh we'll hear from all of them tomorrow on the show I think one of the things that a lot of people don't understand, but anyone
2: that's coached will is that yeah, you sign up to be a coach, but it, the job is so much more oh, than that. Oh, for yeah, so sure. Yeah. Not everyone has to deal with their student athletes getting a cancer diagnosis or walking them through that, but just in general, like life pro- things that come up with life with these that's at guys, least half like of
0: it, right? 60%, for, 70%. For sure.
2: I mean, it's huge. I mean, the coaching is the easy part. It's the, And the people that stick around and do well are the ones that can relate to the players. Well, I think that understanding that. Kids want to play the game, whatever game that is—golf, soccer, lacrosse, football. That's the fun part, but that's so small compared to what's going on in everyone's life, just in general. and totally. You you really need to understand all of that uh, to be successful in the realm that you're in.
1: Well, and especially for you know, like yourself and Coach Nord, and when you're coaching at the college level, a lot of the times, you know, you're you got a lot of out-of-state kids that you know parents family are not there so that, you know the coach you know you're you're kind of there and you're the the sounding board for a lot of these you know kids when they you know oftentimes have more than like you that. want but yeah, yeah that's yeah. the job
0: is <laughs> 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 now 10290 espn missoula tucker Sargent, university of montana lacrosse coach sean rainey joining me coulter nuanez in studio side note chris nord that's going to be a fascinating career when it does come to an end. Because I know he's reaching uh, the, his retirement age, so I, he'll probably do it a couple more years, whatever. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But either way, I mean, he's been at University of Montana for close to 40 years. He's coached, like, what, three varsity sports now? I mean, he's definitely he's gone back and forth between golf and tennis. Golf and tennis but I think he's coached men's and women's on uh, the tennis side of things. So, uh, and he's just been involved in the athletic department for so long. So it'll be very fascinating to recap that career when it's all said and done. But back to lacrosse, Tuck. We hate talking about anything that relates to the pandemic on this show, but I do think that the logistical impact of it on all sports is important to at least, you know, discuss broadly because it just it impacts everything, right? Where you practice, when the kids were back in town, the regulations. You guys haven't had it, even had a home game yet this year because of it. So, I mean, from the lacrosse perspective, it seems like there's been some challenges, but I also ask every coach this as well. There is a few silver linings to this as well, like the Grizz football team, for example. It sucks that they haven't played real games in a year and a half, but they also got a year and a half in the weight room for everybody to get healthy, and I think that's why they look so good. So anyways, from a lacrosse perspective, what are sort of the uh, the pros and cons of, of the logistical impacts of the last year?
2: Well, I could go on and on about the cons. and A few of the pros, I think, are similar for a lot of people. We're actually in our... So to the 2020 season got canceled halfway through it and immediately everyone was given an extra year of eligibility um and then going into this year you know we were looking pretty good we had a good plan in place that we felt we could do this safely we were able to practice for most of the fall safely without any uh COVID issues and so we were one of the few sports that was able to get a spring season going The concern coming into that was, okay, well, if we get a season going, what does that do to players' eligibility? Because how much of the real—there's a lot of questions about how much of a real season you were going to get, and do you want to burn, you know, especially the freshmen coming up, you know, do you want to burn a year of eligibility for something that's likely not to have— much of a real season feel to it, and sort of the 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 postseason implications were very much up in the air. Fortunately, the the MCLA, the Men's Collegiate Lacrosse Association, decided to grant a second year of eligibility um, to, or just basically make this year also not count. So, you know, we've got kids that came in as freshmen that are gonna still be freshmen eligibility wise two years later. And we've got a lot of very talented freshmen this year who are gonna have four years starting next year. And the best thing from this is that these kids have had, you know, albeit not the not the longest season, but we've had seven games so far and they've got they're seven games ahead of where they would be otherwise. And I think that's gonna be tremendous for the University of Montana and the other schools that were able to get as much of a season as they could going forward because that that real game experience is invaluable. You can't replicate as much as you want to practice. You know, football, the weight room is so important. Lacrosse, it's really on the field. Sure. Um, You know, you do, you know... You do have a weight room component of it, but so much of it is just, it's it's much more of a free-flowing game. It's much more of scenario stuff, situational, awareness, lacrosse IQ. It's very much and like
0: basketball and soccer. Like basketball that, right? and soccer,
2: like playing yeah. the game is really, really important. So we've yeah. got kids that have done this now. And I think coming into next year, when we bring in a whole other recruiting class, we are going to have a very deep team.
0: I want to ask about that element of it because... You guys have built this up to be such a, a legitimate and, and awesome experience for kids to come here. I mean, you guys are funding it on a high level, you being able to travel all over the place, but it still is considered a club sport, not an extension of, of the athletic department. That said, I think one of the biggest challenges facing Division One athletic departments across the country is this extra year. Because it's great that the kids get an extra year. How do you fund it? Especially if you're in a school like Stanford, where every single athlete, male and female, is on a full ride. Where does the money come from? Stanford's a bad example because they they have money. They have money. They got yeah. all the money. But but where you know if you do have multiple varsity sports, how, how do you fund it? You know, because even if it's not a huge hindrance on your athletic department, it's still a chunk of money you got to come up with. That's not necessarily the case on your no. end though. But it probably impacts roster management a great deal, right? Roster
2: management for sure. That's going to be there, there's you know there's going to be a bubble um, that you're going to try and get through and i think you know there are going to be kids who are going to sort of wash out like any team you know you you come up and you hope that you get your opportunity it's going to be very tight for a number of years now that's not necessarily the worst thing when you look at it from a competition standpoint because you're going to get the guys who are going to push through and and uh you know rise to the top and and make it you know make their presence felt. um you know i think it's funny when you talk about the funding too i mean obviously you know we the varsity sports have their funding and their budgets are set. We, we create our own and we go sure. out and fund that our, ourselves. And, you know, there's a number of varsity programs that sort of operate under the same way. You know, you look at some of the non-revenue generating sports that are basically funded from booster clubs. So essentially that's what the lacrosse program is at the University of Montana. We've got a, a sure. booster program that basically goes out and fundraises and uh, generates the revenue from that as well as the students paying a, a stipend to uh, supplement that. But... You know, COVID didn't affect us funding-wise because we don't rely on budgets for the school. So, you know, that's the one beauty of when you're not relying on the athletic department and when, you know, say football doesn't happen, which supplements almost every other sport. Right. There's a lot of varsity programs across the country that have been canceled Mm -hmm. and are disappearing. That is not a concern of ours at all. Like we are good to go. We are looking great to the future. We were able to raise a lot of money this year because people were so excited that we were actually putting a team on the field that we actually had our best funding
1: year ever. Right. I got a two-part question for you. Going off the wall a yeah. little bit. Okay? If you had to if you had to <laughs> fill the Grizz Lacrosse team with other athletes from the other Montana Grizz sports. Oh man, he already which, got a taste of this. Which which, I don't even know yeah, which, which talk sport about would you would you fill from the most? And then also, I think we love to rank like um, you know what sports have the best athletes. Like, are they basketball players or football players? With that, like, where would you rank lacrosse players in the general like discussion of Whew, athletes? Because I mean, question. you got yeah. you, you got speed, <laughs> sure. you got hand eye coordination. Like, there's you know. So I'm just curious.
0: No is now on ESPN, Missoula, SMX Montana TV, Tucker Sargent, Sean Rainey with me in studio. Just wanted to identify you guys before you kill each other because I know there's an argument coming. Yeah, well, this is Tucker. Uh, <laughs> I think if for, probably
2: the first team I would go after would be basketball. Uh, okay. Mostly just because of the transitional game and then these, these set offenses and defenses are run very similarly. So, you know, any kid that has played basketball really understands, you know, Half court offense or half court defense, and lacrosse is played much the same way. And then you have your fast breaks and transitions, and basically get in the hole. You know, you play either a mandy or a zondy, and in, in, you know, slide packages essentially. So basketball translates really well just from how the game is played. Do you, do you
1: have many like six five and up guys that play lacrosse? We
2: don't, not on our team, but there are a few out there, and there is. Like, is it a beneficial thing to be tall? If you country? are, but not as much. Um, it's more I,
0: important to be able to run, right? It's, yeah, yeah,
2: running. And so then you go to, like, soccer. I mean, like, you know, to have that ability, particularly for a midfield player who really plays the entire field. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't. they don't stay on the field the entire time either. You can sub sort of like hockey. So right. you do, but <clears throat> you do need, uh, you know, conditioning is a huge part of it. Yeah. Uh, and then also we've had a lot of success with guys who uh, have a football background hmm. um, just because, you know, th- their ability to cut – uh, you know, is whether you play defense or offense, not necessarily linemen, but you know the 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 skilled position players, um, just the footwork and cutting. So I would probably, you know, look at basketball first, then football just because of the speed and strength of those guys uh maybe soccer and then hockey really translates well too but you know we don't have a hockey program here so it would be hard yet not yet uh, right but yeah. it's coming <clears throat> it's coming but it would be hard to pull from something that doesn't exist yet
1: so where are we ranking lacrosse athletes across the board when we we're talking about other sports
2: you know i find ranking athletes really difficult um because to be that like at the highest level of all your sport, you're such an elite athlete, yeah, for sure, for, for what you're doing. Right. Um, and you know, football tends to be the fallback, but football is so
0: position specific no I, I, I think the greatest athletes in the world are NBA players. I, I, yeah, I mean, so I i really some look Some of the at, big guys in the NBA because, like that. Because there's yeah. so many and, and positions
1: I, in football where you don't have to you, be skilled, like hand-eye coordination or, or you anything. Have, you just, have one job. All you got to do is, like, sometimes you just got to be big. Right. Sometimes you so just got to be fast. You, you got to be fast. Yeah. So I, I
2: would I would say, you know... Basketball and hockey, to me, would be the two that I would say those athletes are the the most all the best all around athletes because you really have to have so many skill sets um, to do. I mean, you have hand eye. You have to be able to have the endurance. You have to have the speed and strength. Hockey is one too, where durability is a major factor of yeah. that. You know, you look at hockey, which is a full contact sport. And they're playing 82 games at the professional level night in and night out. Not to mention you have to have a whole other skill set of skating, which like every other sport, if you can, like every human can essentially walk or run, but you have to have a whole other learned yeah. but,
1: <laughs> but, but, skill. but that's why I mentioned it with lacrosse because you could take like, a, a running back Who is a great athlete But if you put like A stick in their hand And they gotta catch a ball Right they don't and, have the like, sk- If they don't have If they don't have The s- stick skills they're, Some they're,
0: running backs Around here do But we'll leave it at that
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm saying Like there's a lot of Great athletes who like Don't have good Hand eye coordination Oh no question you know, I, yeah. I've known a lot of guys yeah. That uh, And the that hand eye great. is one That I think really
2: Separates people Because you know Being a great runner I don't want to just say it's simple because there's a lot to it, but that it's it's one dimensional. But if right. you can if you can have the athleticism to run and move yeah. your body around the field of play or a court or whatever it is, but then also do something, right that to me is tremendous. And I think soccer is really amazing because not only are totally. you running, but your hands are your feet. Like you're, you're giving your feet double duty, yeah, which is technical. which is like yeah, yeah. You're, you're trying to sprint and also yeah. control the ball. And I'm a terrible soccer player, played up to, until about halfway through high school and just realized this is – I'm
0: out of it. <laughs> we, we, we had a great example of this for several summers, right, Sean? And the fact that the Big Sky Conference kickoff, which is a media conference that we used to attend oh, – uh, Well, I guess we will attend someday again if if – If we can ever have meetings again, I don't know. Regardless, we used to be in Park City, Utah. We used to play a golf tournament. It was really fun. But every school would bring a player or sometimes two-player representatives, and oftentimes those guys would play in the golf tournament. Well, you would have, you know, between... Two and three dozen of the best football players in the Big Sky Conference. Every one of these guys was going to be a first-team All-League guy. That's why they were there, because they were on the you know preseason All-League team to talk about it. Or I whatever. can't imagine
2: they're much of golfers, though.
0: The, some of the guys, it, just, it, it was so fascinating because it, it was such an analysis. The of, quarterbacks could. Yeah, it was such, yeah, it was such right. an analysis of <laughs> yep. so many things, right? What's your background like? Where'd you come from? Did you have any influence in your background? So maybe you had an opportunity to play golf or not. You know, I mean, I I remember I played with Lexington Smith, who's a big D tackle from Compton. It's like, dude, he never even, never even been to a golf course, never even seen a (laughs) golf course or thought about a golf course just because of where he's from. But uh, what what was your background like? What position did you play? Because, you know, a lot of times the big offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they're not going to be anything. But sometimes, you know, like the quarterbacks, sometimes the slick receivers, those guys would be kind of good. And, and then just, you know, uh, your opportunity, where did it come from? So, it was fascinating, though, because some of those guys would just be so bad. And you're like, dude, you're such a good athlete, and you are terrible at this.
1: But we see, and the reason I brought it with lacrosse, because I feel like, I mean, we watch, like, NFL and NBA players, will, like, throw out the first pitch. At, yeah. And some of them, like, don't even know how to throw a baseball. Oh, at all. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like a lacrosse player could, was to, could but, get away with everything. Because, like, you could using and, that motion. So, like, I feel like they could throw a baseball. They could... Probably dribble back, you know. Like right. I feel like, like they a would run at least around. have yeah. some. Right. Well, if you're looking like th-
2: there's there's a little bit from everything involved. That's so a, like yeah, when you're talking yeah. about like a well-rounded, and you also don't need to change your body to some like you know you don't need to be super tall, tall sure. to, yeah, yeah. to you know right. have an advantage, you don't need to be massively overbuilt. You know, like basically if you just think of a really fit person, that's the right build for lacrosse. Is
0: that the best? Uh athletic attribute to have on lacrosse is physical fitness? Fitness, absolutely. So then what about a track guy? Like, what about a middle-distance track guy that came out and played I think, yeah. Because he'd have the conditioning baseline, right? So if he had any sort of natural hand-eye, you know. Right,
2: but we just don't know that from track. Sure, right,
0: right. Very interesting. is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. We're going down the rabbit hole a little bit here, but. (laughs) As we do. As we do. It's been fun. But. It, does, it I, I've always thought this as well, though. Yeah, tennis player. What, there's always the argument then of of. So often, I think that uh, America, particularly, we filter our best athletes towards football or basketball almost always, especially male. Ma- the money. Ma- yeah, ma- male athletes. So I've always wondered, you know, what what guy was like a, a fringe NFL wide receiver who didn't quite make it in the league but was a great player and, like, you know, was an SEC or Pac-12 guy and then, you know, fringe NFL guy, never went pro in the NFL. But maybe that guy never ran the 800 meters in his life. What if he could have been the greatest 800-meter runner of all time? What if... Well, Ray- and,
2: that, and that goes back to just the, the specification that we get so early on in sports sure. that we don't really see that For anymore. Sure. I mean, you don't have those multi-dimensional athletes that have that. You know, when you talk about... A, a, I mean, the football player everyone loves to talk about now is Chris Hogan because he played four years of varsity lacrosse right. at Penn State. Yep. yep. And then went did a uh, not a PG year, but his his graduate year at Monmouth, and turned out to make the NFL, and obviously no we, no won a super, couple of Super Bowls with the Patriots. He is now retired from the NFL and looking to go into professional lacrosse. And a lot of people are watching this to see, all right, how does a guy after not playing lacrosse for 15 years because he's been doing nothing but football? Yes, he's a good athlete, but can he go back and compete at that level? He could have directly out of college for sure, but now you know, can you go I, back yeah. and compete with them? And I think there's a lot of people that are looking at this more as a publicity stunt or mm-hmm. just sort of a, a, an interesting like just observation into what you're talking about. Is can people cross back and forth over? But you also got to remember this guy's been beat up for so many years sure. in the NFL. Like, can you come out and compete against 23 year olds that are coming out of playing high level Division One lacrosse?
1: I think there's just some athletes that are just if you give them enough time, they can almost learn how to do anything. I, I you know? agree. I mean, except I, for maybe like baseball. Like I think baseball is one where like totally you can't just jump into baseball, right? Like because that's pretty. Well, you
0: know. uh, think, think about soccer, male soccer, for example. I, I don't think who, who's the best American man soccer player right now. Exactly. The only one I can name is Landon Donovan. Yeah, and he's and retired he's now, right? <laughs> he's the coach now. Uh, maybe Josie Altidore Isn't is he still like
1: around? Poliski or something? Isn't there like De- a-
0: Clint Dempsey is probably Dempsey's one of them. Dempsey's another one. De- but, but, That's but, but, a name but, I recognize. But we're we're huge it. sports fans, though, Pul- we're, and Pulisky, we're digging. There's like some or Pulis- sure, something sure, like that. He's right, good. right, right. But. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, you guys know who that is, right? I mean, Neymar, uh, Messi—like we know who all the the best of the best guys are. I think that's part of it, right? Like Cristiano Ronaldo is the greatest soccer, one of the three greatest soccer players on the planet. But he's also probably the greatest athlete to come out of Spain, and he was just filtered into soccer, right? It's just like LeBron James was filtered into basketball. If LeBron James grew up in Argentina, I mean, you look at a guy like
2: LeBron James, and everyone knows this, but like, yeah, if you if that kid had a lacrosse stick in his hands. No question, right? He'd be the best player out there ever.
0: No, right, exactly. Christian
1: Pulisic. Or
0: okay, I, um, I knew it was something like that. I mean, th- like, think about if Dwight Howard would have played volleyball instead of basketball. I mean, this guy's six ten with a forty inch vertical. He'd be the most beastly well, like volleyball LeBron, player of all time.
1: Like, I feel like LeBron. You just put him at. Keeper, Goalkeeper, right. Or imagine,
0: imagine you. Russell Westbrook as one of your wing forwards or whatever, right. you know, like your strikers. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it would yeah. be <laughs> it would be powerful. Okay, back to the subject at hand. We went full circle then to, to get to this point. Two things, Tuck. You, you mentioned all the the uh, the sort of growing and, and evaluation of your University of Montana lacrosse. You, by the way, Tucker Sargent is here because the Grizz swept NDSU over the weekend in Fargo. First time Grizz lacrosse has ever beaten uh, NDSU. But you talked about kind of the the gauging of your team and the evolution of your team, but what peaked this weekend that you liked that you needed to carry over? And then tell us a little bit about this upcoming weekend because you guys are finally this will be what? The first We're time home. you guys have had home games in like more than a year? It's been
2: forever. It's been yeah, it's been probably thirteen months since we've had a home game. Uh what peaked for us this year is or this past weekend, it was probably I mean it sounds dumb. It was just all the little things kind of falling it's together. It's dumb. That's, that's it's, what it is. I mean, like, that's that's really what it is. It, there's not one thing that happened. It's just that, you know, guys stepped up who have been building up to this point, and they just, it was a full team that played together and, you know, that pressed hard, pushed hard, fought for the whole thing. You know, in the second game, we were down two goals uh, go in the third quarter. I think we finished the third quarter. Uh, yeah, we were down five to seven in the third quarter, finished the quarter at... Seven, tied seven to seven, and then one twelve to seven. So we went on a seven goal win, or run to win the game. Um, and really, that was—I mean—that was just a gut check. That was like, all right, this is tough. We know this team is going to, you know, push us. And it was just finding that extra gear in the, the last fifteen minutes of who wants it more. And the, you know, our team, the Grizz, executed that perfectly and were able to shut them down and that was I mean that that was tremendous to see uh, going into the games this weekend it's it's incredible I mean there's a lot of fun things to look for one the fact that we can even have home games was very much up in the air and I thought it wasn't going to be a thing to start the season now we're going to be playing three home games and the schedule is completely congested and bonkers just because we're trying to get games in and make it happen normally you would never play more than one lacrosse game in a day Friday, we're playing two. We're playing the Air Force Academy at 4 p.m., and we're playing uh,
0: UNLV at 8 p.m. How do you manage that? I mean, how do you have guys just not be—is there a way to mitigate it? Because there's some sports there's very easy. It's not easy, but, like, three softball games in a day is not crazy, whereas it sounds like two lacrosse games in one day sounds crazy. It, it is, and I think, that, you know, our attitude is
2: just, like, we, we are going to take each game—you know, just— e- One game at a time. Play the first one to win it. Play the second one to win it. And you hope that you've got the gas and that's where the conditioning comes in.
0: You don't have substitution rules like soccer though, right? Like no. Guys can go in and out. It's not like when you're in and then you're out. And no, you're guys out, can go and in and, and out. out. So we're gonna. You it's know, like a hockey, right? Right.
2: Yeah. So strategically, we're gonna be trying to manage people's minutes just right. to make sure that you know that they do have it, but you don't want to sacrifice. You know, taking someone out when you really need them in because you're worried about the next game because that doesn't matter until you win the first game. Um, another cool note about the game is that we are gonna even ha- we're we're able to have fans at the game. You know, it's you know the the Missoula County. Uh, Restrictions have been lifted. You can have up to 1,000 people uh, in gatherings now. So that's fantastic. So we'll have fans at the game. Um, He's right
0: at Washington Grizzly Stadium. By this is at
2: Washington Grizzly Stadium. Yep. Gates open a half hour before each game. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> of course. Of one to come back in because we do need to make sure that we're, you know, within the guidelines. Um, Fun note about Air Force, something I didn't know. But coming up here, they're coming in on a C one thirty because they're the sure. Air Force, and they're going to wow. be traveling in the Air Force planes. Not, they're not going coach. Um, so wow. if you do see a C one thirty roll in about noon noon on Friday, that's the team
1: in town wow. to play. And they're i are jumping out the plane. I never going thought down of that. The
0: Washington Grizzly Stadium. I never yeah. thought of that. So like Air Force football, for example, who's in the Mountain West? Do they take charter planes or do they? Fly So there's planes. this whole
2: thing called Mill Air and it's basically this the, the military airline, if you're at one of the service academies.
0: It's like a charter it, for
2: you. It's is like a charter and you just have to it's uh you have to if planes are available um, obviously, with the bigger sports like football, they make sure they're available. Sure. And then all the pilots are volunteer pilots, so you huh. know, which obviously isn't the, all these guys love to fly. So it's not that right. hard. I mean, talking to him, I was like, I, "Are you guys gonna be able to get here?" He's like, "Oh yeah, dude, we're all p-. like these kids could fly themselves."
0: <laughs> <for> the <game>. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so awesome. Uh, it's a free admission, right? This weekend. Uh, 10 bucks for general $10. public. Okay.
2: F- free for youth lacrosse players and stu- students, but Sweet. general public is a $10 admission.
0: So a couple games, three games over the weekend, in fact, Friday and Saturday. So if you want to watch some lacrosse, the cross, weather's supposed to be nice this weekend, right?
2: Uh, yeah, good, nice enough nice like enough. it's been how, you know sure. 50s and partly sunny. So if you want to go
0: sit in Washington Grizz uh, one more time this spring, go ahead and do it. Uh, Friday and Saturday, University of Montana Lacrosse, taking on Air Force and UNLV.
2: And everyone who wants to see the schedule, it's at grizzlax.com, G-R-I-Z-L-A-X.com, and the schedule's right there, so you'll be able to see and get the
0: information there. Ducks, fun having you in, man. Good luck this weekend. Uh, it's been fantastic. Glad to see you guys. Nuwana is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. It's not Wednesday, it's Tuesday. But that means we've got sandwiches for you. It's Taglieri Tuesday, 361-3688, 361-3688. You're going to want to remember that for the next segment. We're going to talk a little Bobcat football on the other side. Keep it right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. riding the doge coin
1: no i have not um <laughs> and you get a little fomo you know like you're. oh yeah yeah but i was like i i can't do it because between just everything that i got going on and my like my sports betting that i all right spend effort and time in like i was like i can't have another thing that i'm like paying attention to so i i know that you've kind of yeah. Dove into it a little bit. I have not. I, I just can't. I can't do it.
0: Riding the wave to the moon. I know Tommy's listening. <laughs> I hope he's still riding it. This new one is now Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining us. I didn't have time to get my uh, weekly airy sandwich. Sorry, dude. That's actually kind of a, a bummer for you because he's splitting it.
1: Seriously, I I wish I could switch days with Riley. Cause uh, just I to get the ta- Tuesday yeah. tag, dude. Man.
0: It is a good thing. Usually, almost always here on Nuana's Now we sample a Tagliari sandwich on Tuesdays. But no matter what, we always have free Tagliari for you. So right now, number three, caller number three, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. Give us a call right now. All you got to do is call. If you're the third caller, we got a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Delicatessen in Missoula. Uh, they've been named the number one sandwich in the state of Montana by the Food Network. They were recently named the number one sandwich in the region by People Magazine. And... uh this isn't, this isn't false, uh, so uh awards. <laughs> this is, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, this is like, I'm a sandwich connoisseur. And, What's your uh, go-to? Well, see, well, here's the thing. I, the, my two go-tos were, um, the Hall and Oats and the Beach Boy. And now, but then that's, th- I, that was, that was all I'd ever really tried. Cause I just kind of was in my wheelhouse and I would just get the same things. I loved it. Okay. Well, now that they've been giving them all to us. I give them a new one each week to try. I mean, I don't know. I would. I have all of them are my go tos. I, I would mean, order every single sandwich.
1: See, I love the Doobie brother. Doobie's
0: the Doobie brother is good too. And I just
1: only get those two. I because know because I know that I love them, and I don't want to try something else. So I need to sub in on Tuesdays more, and so I can try the all the different kinds. Oh yeah, for you sure, <laughs>
0: for sure. So right now, 361 368 we got 25 bucks to Tagliari Delicatest. It's located right there on the corner of uh, Beckwith and Higgins right there in the little mall there by the roundabout. So go do yourself a favor. Check out Taguier Deli. And if you don't win the gift card. Swing on down there and uh, tell Matt and Max and the boys that we said hi. Tell them we sent you. they got pasta, wine, all sorts of good stuff down there as well. All right, Raymond, Let's start a little Bobcat football. Grizz, spring football in the books. Bobcats. It's been sort of interesting because they've sort of been completely outside of the limelight because they weren't in the championship portion of the, of the spring football season. They didn't play spring football games. They dominated the news in the Big Sky Conference in December and January because of the, the job status of Jeff Choate. Uh, but then since Brent Vegan's hiring, it's been sort of all quiet on the Western front in Bozeman. And now State they do wrap up spring drills on Saturday with the Sunny Holland uh, Spring Classic. And so uh, there'll be some stuff to watch in that game. But, I mean, I know that you've been following this a little bit uh, while trying to keep up with it. And I know you got some reporters there in uh, Bozeman that have been sending some stuff as well. So, I mean, what's just your take so far or just your broad uh, wonderings about Bobcat football?
1: That is interesting, huh? How we, like... Montana State has been the the program that has had all of this momentum. And they've been making so much noise, but it has been so quiet on just everything... Kind of bobcat football, as far as just you know, buzz and things like that. Um, I I I kind of mentioned this on the show. I don't know, a couple weeks ago. To me, I'm just the the one thing that I am looking forward the most is just seeing like, do they have just the same kind of mentality, culture, right. and attitude with this new coaching staff?
0: Because that was the thing about Choate. Especially, uh, it was the thing that appealed to me so much about Cho, because I, I fully acknowledge that uh, I, I liked the Bobcat playing style more than almost probably anybody. I never was complaining about the offenses that they run because I like straight up running the ball sixty times a game in three hundred seventy five yards. But it was also a, a fascinating to analyze because for all of the great parts about Chote and his staff, there was a lot of deficiencies too. I mean, objectively, they were completely deficient at quarterback. Their offensive. Um, just offensive everything, basically, was was several steps behind besides the fact they could run the ball. But but it was so fascinating to cover, too, because it was undeniable that they punched you in the face and played as hard-nosed a football as anybody in the league every single every single time out.
1: There's a lot of, like, cliches in sports, obviously. There is. But I think one of them that is so important with so many different sports that we don't really sometimes we take for granted is having an identity. No. And the pressure. Montana State Bobcat football team over the last few years has had an identity. Yep. They know exactly like who and what they are and that's why they've had a lot of success. And like like we like with Montana Grizz basketball. Yep. They were comp- they had no identity. Throughout most of the season. Right. And I was like, are we. And committed? it was a far cry from. We,
0: they used to have an identity, when, exactly, and that's what made them so like, successful. Are, but
1: And only offensively, they didn't have an identity. Sure. Like, are we dumping it inside? Are we going with the guards? Are we spreading it out? Like, what are we doing? Like, we have no. We really don't know. We don't have an identity. And then, so we're going to struggle because we don't know exactly what we're doing. Montana State has had that identity. And. Does that identity go away a little bit with a new head coach, a new guy kind of delivering the message? Like these are all the question marks that I want to see. Obviously it looks like, you know, Matt McKay is going to be the guy at quarterback. He's going to have a completely different style. Does that maybe change some of the identity, which is fine. Like you can change your identity, but do you know what your identity is? I think that's the most important thing is just knowing exactly what it is. And I think that's what Montana football got away from. For sure a lot in the Bob Stitt era is they just didn't... You come up to Montana, it's kind of a... It's a blue-collar tough. It's always been good defense, like you're playing in the cold, like that kind of stuff, and it, it the identity, it just didn't fit. And I think Montana football now has an identity. Does Montana State kind of... Do they have that same identity that they did over the last few years, or are they going to be a little bit different, which I imagine they're going to be? Um, but how does that look on the field, and how does it culminate as they... They go along throughout the season, that is the most fascinating thing that I'm kind of looking forward to.
0: You listen to Nuanes now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, and I agree. I think that the, the identities objectively, I think, it has to be different because I just I've never really seen a coach that could. Every coach says they want to play that style, but it's very rare we actually have one that truly goes all the way in on it, all the way into the point where it is such a gigantic strength for your team and then also sometimes a detriment as yeah. well, right? Because you go so over the top. I mean, I can't tell you, they they were such a hard-hitting physical team, though. They would always get hurt in practice and stuff, too, though. I mean, like the first fall camp under Choate, they lost their top five defensive heads because they were hitting so much and those guys weren't used to it. But regardless, I think it has to be a little different than what it has been. So to me, the biggest question mark for Montana State this year is how long does it take for that transition to hold or – do th- does this coaching staff maybe hesitate a little bit or slow play a little bit the the um, full change in identity to try to cater to what this group is used to? Particularly because you have so many old veteran guys that are fifth year seniors that oh, they only know one way to do it, is, it and that's Joe's and way and exactly. Worked. So
1: like it's it's kind of a like yeah do we want to shy away from what has brought success in recent years or do we really want to just go with our imprint because coach vegan when we look at some of the things that sold montana state on hiring him was the development of quarterbacks yep not running quarterbacks like i mean they had you know they could run the football but guys that you know are are throwers first carson wentz and those kind of guys so like that is to me going to be very fascinating and it, it totally can change like you can change your identity and your your style based on your your personnel we always you know the the Steelers always come to mind because they used to be like you know ground and pound, play defense, and then over the last few years they've spread it out, been throwing it a ton. Like you can change your identity and, and still have success. It's just you know what is it going to look like, and I'm just I'm very curious. Like do you think they're going to look like similar? Like if I if if we put on this when we watch the scrimmage on Saturday, like would I know by watching the scrimmage that it's a different coaching staff from last year, or or yes. is it going to stand out? like pretty glaring. Well, no, I
0: think they're going to look a lot more modern on on offense. I mean, they're going to run a lot more traditional like red zone and personnel based concepts. I mean, Montana State, the thing that's so crazy is they did get a lot of credit for all the pre-snap stuff that they do in their offense, and that was very fascinating in the way that it was able to open up the run game, particularly the gap scheme stuff they do on the offensive line. But their personnel position packages were not that diverse. They usually were playing, you know, one tight end, couple receivers, or, you know, they hardly ever played like two and three tight end sets. They would sometimes play a fullback, but not really. I expect them to have a whole multitude of packages because that's kind of one of Brent Vegan's trademarks. I expect them to throw the ball a lot uh, more often to a lot more guys. I think that you know, like for example, Ryan Davis from Billings Scaview, who's a senior tight end for the Bobcats. He is going into his third year as a starter, maybe fourth year as a starter. He's definitely he was a part time starter at least as a true freshman as well, but he's he started on enough. I mean, I bet you he started twenty five to thirty games for the Cats coming into this year. He's never caught a pass. It's not caught a pass. That will change. Like, I think they're just going to find, you know, a way to throw to the tight end and things like that. Uh, And from everything I'm hearing, NC State transfer Matt McKay looks great. Uh, So that could be a solution at quarterback. Defensively, they're just going to objectively look different because they've been playing a 3-4 defense, and their personnel is so catered to that. Like, Chase Benson is a true nose, so how does he work playing uh, more like a D-tackle? Troy Anderson, I mean, he's an edge. He's a Sam. That's what he is. You know, Amandre uh, Williams, he's a true buck. How do these guys look now that Troy Anderson's playing Will in a 4 3 scheme and Amandre and Williams is playing like End? Those guys are just going to be lining up different. Well, with all that's to say, in terms of identity, I think when you have four returning starters on the offensive line, all of whom were all conference players last year, you would just be a fool to try to screw that up. Like Most of what they're going to try to do, at least I would hope so, what they're going to try to do on offense is is going to be whatever those guys do best, right? I mean, you just got yeah. to roll with what you got. If you got the best offensive line in the league, you got to play an offensive style that caters to those guys being the most successful as they can be.
1: How would you describe where Montana State is at at the wide receiver position? Because you lose Kevin Cassis, sure. who was a stud. I yep. think you put him on... Uh, anyone, anyone else that throws the football, oh. he's th- putting up
0: huge numbers. I mean, yeah, he he had he had what about sixty-five yeah. catches for eight hundred fifty yards and eight so, touchdowns on a team that didn't throw.
1: Yeah, all of their wide receivers are kind of hidden, in what they yeah. can do. I know, like you know, Lance McCutcheon has been there for a long time. Yep, um, you know, was kind of their their deep guy, but like he like they're they're just gonna be in different roles. So like, how would you describe where they're at at the wide
0: receiver? So great question. I was actually talking about my with my guys at the Montana Football Hall of Fame about this last night before I actually came shot to SWX tonight with you. Choate, one of, the, one of his greatest attributes is his recruiting. I don't think he's good at evaluating quarterbacks. He's great at evaluating every other position. Chote has recruited the wide receiver position as well as anybody in the league. But you want to know what's happened in Montana State? They had they had two different classes when they put, were playing Chris Murray at quarterback and Troy Anderson at quarterback, and everybody says, "Oh, but they didn't even throw the ball." Last year they threw the ball for about 180 yards a game. That's about twice as much as they're throwing it with, where they had Troy Anderson and Chris Murray. Right? I mean, they were winning games with completing like two or three passes with those uh, two guys. Against the I mean, two against the Grizz. Two against the Grizz. Right? <laughs> I mean, they, they completed could play two passes against Portland State one day in Bozeman when Chris yeah. Murray's the quarterback, and, and they still won the game. But here's what happened: is they brought in what I think one, two, three, four. Three-star recruits at receiver uh, coming in, coming into year three and into year four for Choate, and all those guys made it one semester on campus, and they saw the offense they're running, and they saw the quarterbacks that they had, and they're why like, "Well, yeah. why would I stay? I don't want to be a blocker. I'm, I'm out. I'm gonna go to a junior college or I'm gonna go home or whatever." But they did that cycle one more time, and they and Daenerys McGee before he left, he landed a couple of really talented receivers from Texas for them, Jaden Smith and Charles Brown. They're actually cousins. Well, those two guys are really, I mean, those guys are three-star recruits. They're really talented players. But now they're going to be playing in an offense where they actually get thrown the ball. They both got touchdowns in the first scrimmage that I watched. So I think that uh, they're actually going to have some guys that maybe no one really besides people to follow that follow the program. Yeah, that's why I asked
1: you the question because, like, we don't know. We don't they haven't know. thrown it, but they probably have dudes. You know, but Like
0: Tyrone Marshall, the guy who scored the touchdown against the Grizz on the end around, yep. he was a junior college receiver. who speed guy. Yeah, he got hurt early and so they kind of saved him so they didn't only use him that four game rule mm-hmm. so he played against uh he played the last two games of the regular season and then in the playoffs and that was it but he still saved his red shirt so that's a, a unique using of that right because he was a jc guy yeah. so he basically got to use his red shirt in the middle of his career but still scored touchdowns in the cat Grizz game and the playoff game so they still have guys like that yeah. uh in the program but again like if, if Choke was still there and they were still going to go just ground and pound ground to pound, whatever. I think those guys would be very hesitant to stick around. Now, though, I think they're going to get a lot more opportunities. Yeah, so,
1: Or we just never would hear their names. Really. Exactly. And now they'll have a chance to shine.
0: No question. Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. It's a Tuesday. So we've got Treasure State stars coming up after this. Uh, five great performances from the world of amateur athletics around the, the uh, state of Montana. Presented by Parkside Credit Union coming up right after this. to more wish it wasn't so. oh, welcome back you're listening to Nuanez now 1029 ESPN Missoula I'm Coulter Newana, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television, our great broadcast partners who are letting you see us live on television right now. Joining me, uh, he usually does it on Wednesdays. He's pinch-hitting for Riley Corker Monday and Tuesday here as well, so appreciate you being here, Sean. you will be back tomorrow. I know you got to run for the second hour here because you got got... Uh so I mean the top priority, right? And you're like we, we got T ball. T ball, man. This is definitely the top <laughs> first priority. First game of the year? Oh, it's too, so well, it's game time too as I haven't practiced. Oh, let's go, dude. <laughs> How are they doing? Are they just so funny to watch? Oh yeah, it's
1: great. So my so my they're six and four. My oldest, they're on the same team. And the younger one, uh his first time he hit the ball. He hit it like towards the pitcher, and then he just chased the ball down and grabbed it. <laughs> first. So,
0: was um, he wearing his dinosaur oh, suit?
1: We're learning. Yeah, yeah. was no, he wearing his dinosaur? He, suit? he might. He probably was in the dinosaur uh, sweatshirt. I, mean, I actually missed practice, so this is the, my first time I get to go this year. So I'm pretty pumped.
0: Super sweet. Gotta love it. Time now for Treasure State Stars, which is presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union has all sorts of perks. If you sign up with a local checking or business checking account, uh, refunded ATM fees and the like, great mobile online platform as well. So give Parkside Credit Union some business today. Number one on the Treasure State Stars, Sean Anderson, Peter Curran, Eric Frazier, and Parker Schwank. What do those guys all have in common? Well, they all play for the University of Montana lacrosse team. They all scored three goals each. Uh, each of them had a hat trick in between the two victories for Montana lacrosse at North Dakota State, 16-8 and 12-7 in Fargo over the weekend. First two wins ever by Montana over North Dakota State. So four members of the Grizzly lacrosse team hitting the Treasure State Stars. Treasure State Star number two. Drake Schneider from Montana State. This is actually good. you, you got to get your, one of your uh, Bozeman reporters on this story because this is impressive. It was sort of overshadowed by all the football action of the weekend. But Drake Schneider, who has uh, won a couple Big Sky Conference championships already, he's an outstanding hurdler at Montana State. But over the weekend, he ran 50.12 seconds in the 400-meter hurdles. Now, if you're not a track dork like me, I'm telling you right now, that is an absurd time. I, I had to like triple check it when I first got the press release from Andrew Peterson over at Montana State. Well, sure enough, and I texted Andrew right away. I said, is that a typo or is that real? And he said, no, it's real and I'm, I'm checking right now to see where that ranks. And then he texted me a little later on. Well, it was the fastest time in the history of Montana State. It was the second fastest time in the history of the Big Sky Conference. And it was one of the 19 fastest times on the, in, on the planet Earth, in the world, this year. So this guy, hmm. who's only a, a junior at Montana State, is running top 20 times in the world. Fastest time in Montana State history. Second fastest time in the Big Sky Conference history. So, uh, impressive. And congratulations to Drake Schneider from Montana State. Treasure State star number three. This goes out to an entire team. The Miles City Community College Pioneers, the women's basketball team. They had an overtime win, 76-72, over Gulf Coast State on Monday in the first round of the National Junior College National Tournament. Uh, in lubbock texas that is the first count it first njcaa tournament win in the history of miles city community college women's basketball so that's that's a huge deal i know uh, a lot of people actually kind of forget sometimes that there's a, a two-year college over there in miles city but uh, miles city community college winning a game in the national tournament on the women's basketball side impressive for them Thursday, state number four the midland basketball uh All-Star Game rosters were announced over the weekend. And a couple from Western Montana highlighting the list. Alex Germer and Tony Froelich-Fair, both of Missoula Sentinel, will highlight and lead the Montana team into that All-Star Game. A couple other names of note, Drew Wyman and Levi Torgerson from Great Falls, Kai Kuba from Billing Skyview, Cameron Ketchum from Skyview, and Malachi Stewart from Billing Central. All those guys uh, will highlight that All-Star Game roster as well. And then finally, number five, Treasure States are number five. Malikia Simpson, I hope I said that right. Malikia Simpson, billing Senior, senior, uh, a senior at billing Senior. He ran a 10.75 in the 100 meters and a 22.43 in the 200 meters. Those are both the top times in the state. As we know in Montana, because they have to have um, the proper timing mechanisms, etc., state records can only be set at the state meet. That's tough. Neither of those would have been state records, but they were v- are very close to what the state records are. So that's pretty good uh, for midseason. Have you caught any high school track yet this year? Any any prep yeah, track been so far? To a
1: couple of duels. Um, it's so funny about that state record thing because so many times, dude, I have been at state. In Butte, where it was snowing sideways at track, like oh just, man,
0: it sucks for the kids. Were you at that, the like, were you at the the meet in like twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen in Butte? Yeah. Where uh, Daniel Aragon, like I think she smashed yeah. two records, and it was like forty degree, yep. forty mile per hour was winds at that and one, snowing. And I was
1: very underdressed, and that was one of, of coldest that I have been at a sporting event. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, it, that's unfortunate for a lot of the kids, because like, you work so hard t- to get these times, and then like at the state meet, it's just nasty, which it usually is, but hopefully this year will be nice.
0: I mean, maybe. We'll see. Where is state this year?
1: One of them's in Missoula. Mm, interesting. So, that'll help, because usually the, Missoula's a little bit nicer than the, the Butte area.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Sometimes it gets a little windy up there. Yeah, no no kidding, for sure. Well, good. Well, Randy, no, you got a jet. So for Sean Reddy, SWX Montana Television, he'll be back tomorrow for the duration of the show. So we'll, we will look forward yeah, to that. i have trivia
1: ready because I got it
0: ready. <laughs> I got it ready for today because Coulter thinks it's Wednesday. Thursday Stars is presented by Parkside Credit Union. Thanks to Parkside Credit Union. Big supporter of youth athletics around the great state of Montana. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you hot. Just an angle, a business angle. The overlay between business and sports. We're going to talk some League soccer. We're going to talk an uptick in viewership for Major League Baseball. This is something I was surprised by, actually. And uh, maybe talk a few other elements of business and sports. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. We'll be back after this.